Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. In this podcast, we have a Borough's victory at Manchester United. We give our praise and place nominations. We return to shit our asylum with a few nominations. And we look ahead to Borough's trip to QPR. And of course, we answer your podcast questions. This is the Bora Breakdown podcast, and this is all your Bora Mash Day chatter in a pod. Lemon for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. And welcome to the War Breakdown podcast with Johnny Denner and Tom. We have a Borough podcast that gives you all the Borough Master Chatter in a podcast. And well, history repeated itself with Borough causing an upset at Old Trafford by winning 8 7 on penalties against Manchester United. The win kicked Borough in the fifth round of the FA Cup, which to play Antonio Conte's Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, guys, what a night at Manchester United. You guys both went. Tell me how you're feeling in as many words as you want. Denner, do you want to go first? Yeah, just so, so happy and so proud of the team because we went through it in that game. We we went through it throughout the entirety of it. We were under the cosh. And to be honest, I wasn't expecting much from the match. Obviously, going there and being a part of the the, the travelling contingent of Borough fans, I mean, there was definitely more than 9,500 in there. There's no doubt about it. There was people in the home end as well. Um, and I, I wasn't expecting much. I, I kind of had the perspective of the result it can kind of be whatever it wants to be a win would have been a bonus um but i as long as i left old trafford feeling proud of of my football club that was enough for me and i tell you what i was proud and then some it was an unbelievable night i can't believe that it happened back in 2015 so the fact that it happened again is just something very very special and yeah, absolutely. Just still on cloud nine, to be honest. I've had probably about eight hours sleep in total since Friday. I was just, you know, that Chris Hughes meme on Love Island where he's in the bed just staring up in the, on the, in the ceiling. That was me. <laughs> that was me on Friday because I was just, oh my God, I couldn't. I just sat there processing it. Didn't go to sleep until six a.m. It was mad. It was it was just unbelievable. And and what what a team! What a team we have. This team is bloody brilliant. Um. 
Tom, you you've still been celebrating out in Red last night, Dave his hometown. Um I mean, less said the better about the night out in Red Cup, but how are you feeling in terms of Boris performance? Oh, just still absolutely buzzing, you know. It, it's uh it, it was kind of still like the the celebration from Friday rolled in, into yesterday, obviously out for a different reason it was being my birthday, but it still kind of felt just mint being being out to celebrate. I was I was at Red Cow and Man United fan as well, which made it even better. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean the the match just um I didn't go uh in two thousand fifteen was it? Um yeah. when, when we last won on penalties. So I kind of felt like I'd I'd missed out then. And I was I was kind of similar to to Dana and that I was like you know, as as long as we get give a good performance, a good account of ourselves, you know, it's going to be mint, uh, being part of that atmosphere in the stadium and just just kind of really enjoy it. Um, and and then if if we win, obviously it'd be even better. Uh, which which we ended up doing. You know, as soon as that that penalty got skied over the bar, I think it was just limbs everywhere. I ended up giving someone a piggyback because <laughs> someone just jumped on me back and started cheering. <laughs> Rhythm uh, is a dancer, Anthony Alango. <laughs> Ball is still up in the air. <laughs> I tell you, this um, is only water in this cup. That could, that could be on like now 187, whatever it's on now, that discs. <laughs> Day and rhythm is a, rhythm is a langer. <laughs> Get it sold now in test scores. Ten uh, percent off with with Dana Ten. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, just but, just summing up that whole game. By the way, two words: Mintman. Mintman. Uh, it, well, to be fair, I mean, I'm I'm with you, Tom. Like, I went, I had to go to the 2015 season when we did win, and so I felt like I'd completed it. So I was like, oh, we can't do it again, surely. Um, and after that first 20 minutes, and I know we'll come on to it in a second, but I just thought, oh, yeah, I tell you what, I'm glad I didn't go to my new when I'm watching it here. <laughs> but then, obviously, the scenes, of course, was fantastic. But what what does the night in victory mean to you both? Because it was jubilation across T-sides, and, of course, in Manchester when you were both there. But what does, what does that victory mean to you both? Go on, Tom. I, I, it was it was to meet you. I was just going to say about the, what I mentioned on the podcast last week about the last time that me and my dad were able to get to an away game together. It was actually Old Trafford in the League Cup, and we beat Man United on penalties. So it was almost a full circle moment to basically be a part of the same sort of occasion, albeit in in the FA Cup. It was it was brilliant. I couldn't have I couldn't have really imagined it any better to be honest and yeah when when Ronaldo missed that penalty I, I thought well at least we've got something to celebrate because I, I, I agree with you Tom uh, Johnny I thought that it was going to be a cricket score to be honest they were all over us and we were lucky to get into half time one nil down but I was like yeah as long as I've got that to celebrate I mean I don't know what he was why he was giving daggers to the penalty spot because it was just a shit penalty and he had an awful game and I loved every minute of it Every minute of it, and I think the Borough fans did as well. Tom, yeah, I mean, I absolutely loved Ronaldo having uh, such a poor game as well. Uh, you know, thinking back to to growing up when we were in the Premier League, the amount of times he was like diving and stuff against us, you know, clearing Schwartz, doing the high jump, and getting penalties and stuff like that. To, to have the worst game I've, I've seen him have for United and it come against us at Old Trafford was uh, was brilliant, but. On 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 personal level, what that what that win kind of means to me is that like I've completed Old Trafford now. Seen us win there because uh, <laughs> the last time I think I mentioned it on the last pod, I, I went 
20 years ago in 2002 when we played Arsenal. Seeing us lose 1-0 there, even though I did watch Dean Windass clatter Vieira, so that was uh, kind of a win. But um, <laughs> and and I, I think I think it's something you tweeted on on Friday um, is kind of like growing in my mind now as well, where it's like something special is happening now, which if if feels weird considering when you, when you look at it, how short a time Wilder's actually been here, but what he's managed to create in that time and the the feel-good factor around the club, it, you know, the belief's starting to grow now. It, it really, really is. And just to add another <laughs> couple of layers to that as well, you know, we are seeing history repeat itself quite a lot because when the last time we got promoted, of course, we won in Manchester on penalties, the late winner against Reading, the clean sheet records, something's starting to happen again, isn't it, Dana? Something special is, is coming, isn't it? Yeah, feels like 100%. that way. Feels that way. Yeah, yeah, it does. I think honestly, Chris Wilder is the best thing that's happened to this football club in years. I mean, he is such it's just such a good manager. And I mean, the spirit of this team is is brilliant. I, I just absolutely love this team. The resilience, the belief, the fearlessness. You can see it. You can see it on the pitch, and you, we're seeing it week in, week out. And it does feel like something special is happening. I think there's a big connection between the fans and the players. The the fans are resonating with the players now. I mean, you've got Matt Crooks there, who's just a, an absolute breath of fresh air. So good to have him be a part of our football club. Um, you've got academy lads in there as well, like Fry and Tav and, and Nathan Wood belting out uh, Borough Chance at the end. It, it does feel like something very, very special is is happening. And I just love it. I just I absolutely love it. Being a part of this moment is is so valuable as a fan and I'm I'm enjoying every minute of it at the moment so yeah Chris Wilder is bloody brilliant this team is bloody brilliant and yeah something special is happening at this club I think yeah and and to be fair I think even if we if we fell off a cliff I think to to the end of the season I feel like next season could just be just as special I feel like if we've got if we've got things moving again um but let's let's chat about the game then because if we, when we look at the lineups in, in the squads, Manchester United sides, um, and thanks to Jake for for, for tweeting this out, um, he says the squads were five hundred and twenty million pound for Manchester United versus nineteen point four million of Middlesbrough, and of course Manchester United had Cristiano Ronaldo, Sancho, Rashford, Fernandez, Varane, players that have won so much in the careers so far. I mean, look at Ronaldo and, and Varane, just 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 to. What they've done in their careers is absolutely insane. They've also got in England internationals with Rashford and Sancho. And then when you look at Harry Maguire, England captain as well, Luke Shaw, who gave us great moments in the summer too. Uh, that squad probably is Manchester United's best 11. Um, but in the early stages, Danny, you've probably alluded to it already. Um, it could have been about 5 0 in the first 30 minutes, uh, but it didn't happen. But how would you assess the performance against Manchester United? Yeah, the first half in particular was a big struggle because we kind of thought that Borough wouldn't be overawed by the occasion, but I think nerves definitely played a part in that first half. And I think their quality, obviously, Manchester United is far, far superior to ours, stating the obvious there, but it showed because they were probably about one or two yards quicker than us. We were doing well to recover the ball at times, but it just wouldn't stick and they were pressing us quite aggressively at the build-up. So whenever we were trying to build it out from the back, I mean, we mixed it up. We did go short sometimes, but I think for the most part, we went long and it was probably forced because a little, maybe a little bit of nerves where I didn't quite want to play in the first half because of that. But it just wouldn't stick for 
for Balogun and Sparrow up front. And as I said, they were probably just a little bit quicker than us, in fact, quite a bit quicker than us. And it made it a really difficult first half. Um, but as you said, you know, half time, I said to my dad, it's probably a good thing that it's only 1 0 here because they could have, I mean, it should have been more. They had a goal disallowed, they hit the crossbar. They were they were the dominant side and when Sancho scored, it wasn't so much of a surprise. Um, obviously, Ronaldo missed the penalty as well and it was difficult, but we rode through it and I think with confidence, we grew into the game and in the second half, I think we saw that confidence. We were a, a lot more fearless with the ball and bold with the ball. Of course, we still didn't have the majority of possession, but we still, we dug in and that's exactly what we needed in that game and, and it really, it, it got us through. It, it did and Tom, United had 30 shots uh, to Borough's six, uh, an XG of 4-1. Um, another day, like we were saying there, it could have been a cricket score, but why were United able to create so many chances in that first half? It's something we haven't seen against the Borough team at all. Well, I just I thought they were so uh, so quick. Um, like you, you really saw the the quality. It was one-touch football. You know, if, if it wasn't against us, it would have been great to watch, kind of like as a neutral and. You know, I'm, I'm, I think that's probably the best I've seen United play this season. Uh, you know, this is bearing in mind, I only renewed Sky Sports when they were getting battered off Liverpool at half-time just so I could watch them, <laughs> watch, watch them implode <laughs> even further. So it's some turnaround since then. But, um, yeah, it, it just it, it seemed like, you know, like, like in the Matrix or something where, like, someone's going in really, really fast motion, someone's just going normal speed. That's what it seemed like in the first half. Uh, and they just seem to to just be able to kind of like run run past us and kind of work past us at will with some of the the one touch football. Um, but thankfully, I, I thought we we defended well in kind of keeping them more towards the outside of the box or you know holding our line well when Rashford was offside, etc. So uh, I, I think the defense deserve credit. I mean, for for both halves really, but um, you know I, I think with the amount of chances they have, it, it just shows the, the quality in that team. Oh, absolutely. And, and Dana, with that, United seemed to be using that diagonal ball. I think Pogba and Fernandez's passing was sensational in that, in that first half. Um, they were really getting the diagonal ball into the half space and you could see the inverted runs from Sancho and, and, and Rashford to try and get him behind. Is that a potential weakness in maybe in a in a three four uh, in a three well three five two formation that Bora tend to play in? Yeah, because you've got the space in behind the wing backs, don't you? And to be fair, we played with a pretty much a, a back five at points because they were pushing us so far back. Well, they were pushing Isaiah Jones and Neil Taylor so far back that it, it meant it was really difficult for us to kind of get out. But yeah, it, it probably could be a potential weakness. But then I think you definitely have to understand the, the, the context of the game and the quality of opponent and I mean Man United have Sancho and Rashford on, on either side it, it was always going to be a difficult afternoon or evening for us and they were to be fair I mean their diagonal balls were, were fantastic I would expect that from them though in fairness and it was difficult for us because of that but I think we we held our own quite well we obviously we rode our luck um, whether or not it's going to be a weakness for Borough going forward it remains to be seen if QPR hit us with that tactic then it might be a, a, a potential weakness for us but I, I wouldn't really expect it because I definitely expect hmm. well the quality to be definitely not so much of a of a gap, um, and that's not me saying that Borough are a, a crap or anything like that. It's just that Man United are obviously the quality that they had. I completely agree with you, Johnny, that it's their best team, the best team that that Ranit could have put out. So yeah, it, it was a problem for us. But then in the second half, I thought they really slowed down. 
Um, and, and the first half, they were fantastic. The second half, I think, they Pogba tired. And I think that was probably key for Borough. Yeah, th- there is absolute levels to this game. Like, there's just so many layers of quality. And when you were seeing, like, the inch-perfect passes and it was just very crisp and the technical ability of some of the players was 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 nice to watch. But but also, it was good to see how Borough fared up against them. And especially in the second half, Tom, we looked a lot more composed. We were creating chances. We obviously, Crooks, then we, we did score um, the goal thanks to maybe a hand of Watmore and, and Crooks as well. Um we looked a lot more composed. And what was the difference? Because the first half, it was it was a little bit... Oof, and then the second half, we were we seemed like to find ourselves again. Yeah, I think Dana summed it up earlier where she said, um, you know, we, we did look a bit nervy in the first half and, and possibly got a little bit overawed by the occasion. But it, it did seem like a complete kind of change in, uh, in, in motivation when we came back out. It, it kind of seemed like, right, we've got nothing to lose here. So... Uh, you know, let's go for it, and and I thought it was it was obvious from you know from kickoff in the second half that it was a different team that had, that had come out, and and we were ready to to at least you know give it everything to try and get a goal. Um, you know, I, I thought you know I got I got a text from him at half time saying like this is going to end one one, and I was like. Wait, you know, got a te- like, how, how could you get any service? It was an actual text. It wasn't iMessage. Yeah. Like, oh, right, I don't yeah. do it for it that way. But uh, I think my response was, how did you get service? Like, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, he, he said it was going to finish 1-1. And I was like, I, I don't know. Like, Because I, I can see us scoring, but I can see them scoring again at the moment. And also, they didn't look the same in the second half. So they, they might have had... Uh, you know, a Neil Warnock seems talk at half time where they just came out not bothered, but um yeah, it, it just kind of seemed like total kind of changes in mentality in the second half. And I I think that played a, a pretty big big factor into us. Well yeah. what my sister mentioned as well, she was watching the match, she said the Man United team is just a bunch of eagles. And I do mm. think they are. They're not a, I don't think they're a team, whereas Borough are a team and we dug in for each other and Paddy McNair said it after the game that with every chance they missed, it gave us confidence to just continue and and kind of ride it out. And that's exactly what we did. And yeah, I mean, how Bruno Fernandes didn't score from pretty much an open goal is unbelievable. Um, we might have to sign him up for that because Borough, of course, are, are fairly prone at doing that. But yeah, we, we grew in confidence. I think that we showed our team value and Man United didn't. That that miss yeah. was proper uh, Thomas Muller against England in the Euros vibes, wasn't oh, yeah, it? Like, that's good. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say though as well. Like, I, I've watched the highlights back so many times since since Friday. Somehow managed to think, fit it into the time where I have actually been awake. But uh, <laughs> you can see it in the uh, in the lineups for the penalties. Like, they're all stunned halfway line. Borough all smiling and and kind of well, all talking to each other, reeling. And then you look at United and they're all like proper stone-faced and like they don't want to be there. I think what you just said there about like Borough actually being a team, like that that was evident in, in that, I think. Yeah, they didn't yeah. they didn't want to deal with it, did they? They didn't want to deal no. with the you know, Borough coming at them at times. And we did we definitely did grow in it with the second half. We definitely had more, more attacks and then being in the away and the fans we're, I think we're a little bit nervous in the first half because we expected more goals from Man United. But then in the second, we had a few attacks and then that really got the, the fans behind the players. And yeah, Man United just didn't want it. it. It really does show that like culture 
and togetherness really plays such a big part in football. And it's something that fans don't really see, uh, of course, because it's more behind the scenes. But I think it's all down to the management and the culture being set at the top from Kieran Scott as well. And it's starting to trickle down really well now across the whole squad. And there's that, that togetherness there. It just you, helps you run that extra yard, give that extra pass if you need to, and really deliver quality when you need to. And sometimes the, if you don't get a result, the, the culture keeps you up there and the squad togetherness will help you ride it through if you do go a bit go through a bit of bad form. And like you were saying there, I think, yeah, United have a lot of rooted problems, a lot of egos, and they're, they're probably like three or four years away from probably challenging a game, but I don't care. Like we've we've went to Manchester <laughs> United. We went to Manchester United <clears throat> at Old Trafford against team a team who are full of internationals and we've actually We've actually turned them over, so it's just it's just it's just insane to actually say that um, on the podcast as well. But it's, I'm just so happy about it. And let's break down Boris equalizers, Dana, because I know that Duncan Watmore's handball is was it's probably the reason why people bring so much attention to it because it could have you know could have been given as a foul. Um, but this is actually a really good goal from Boris, isn't it? It's really good play. Yeah, the build-up is excellent, actually, because it starts with Rashford cutting inside and he has a shot and it's blocked by McNair. But when he cuts inside, Diogo Dallo moves uh, forward a bit so that it leaves space on their right-hand side, our left-hand side. And then Varane gets pushed into where Spira is. It's a bit of a domino effect, really, for Man United. So as McNair gives the ball to Taylor, he puts it through to, to Spira. Spira does really well, actually, up against three mm. Man United players pressing him to basically just kind of shield them off for a second. Under pressure, he I mean, he supplies some crossfield ball uh, to Isaiah Jones. That ball is brilliant, but also Jones's ball over to Watmore is so satisfying to watch the way that it's just perfectly weighted and, and floated towards Duncan Watmore. And yeah, of course, I mean, he handles it with with his hand who gives a shit I honestly could not care I mean I didn't celebrate it because I, I knew VAR was in use and I, I said to my dad I turned around and went yeah this is going to be disallowed so I didn't celebrate it and I think a lot of other people were in the same boat as well but it, it's just perfect it's it's honestly the build-up play is really good yeah we get a bit fortuitous because I know the rule is the rule but it's it, it is a bit daft the rule I'm not going to complain about it but it is daft um but yeah, Cruxy coming in. I mean, what a story from Cruxy, by the way, because being released by Man United as a 14-year-old, Duncan, what more, as well as a 12-year-old, for them two to link up, it was just perfect scripting, really. I think Man United got served their karma there, but it was just rewards, really, for the fact that Borough had stuck it out and then we grew into the game of confidence. We got that goal and then, yeah, it was it was unbelievable, really. When, when Anthony Taylor confirmed the goal, that was when I celebrated and the guy behind me, nearly took my dad out. I just turned around. All I saw was someone's legs. I didn't see the rest of their body. It was just someone just flew down the down the row. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was brilliant. Moments like that are priceless. I really like we should get Dave on the podcast because it'd just be so it'd just be so funny. Imagine just Dana and Dave sat next to each other with a mic. It'd just be great. I had to I had to ask him if he was okay because he, he honestly the, the, the guy I didn't not, I know I hope the guy was okay but he just, he just flew just flew down the road nearly wiped my dad clean out. Tom, did you celebrate or were you just? Uh... I, I didn't. Um, I, I was the same because the the handball was like in direct eye line with me. So I was just like, oh, because it's VR, I can see it being ruled out. I was mm. stood next to my godfather at the time, and we were both just like, is he going to give it? He's going to give it. 
and then eventually you give it and it was just like disbelief and like everyone around us just like so give it and then we all just started <laughs> we all just started jumping around going mental after that but like i, I think as, as much as there's like support vr like stuff like that it's it's horrible because it kind of does take you out in the moment I'd, I'd love to just being able to celebrate that straight away without having in the back of my mind it's going to be ruled out um but i, I don't know if the, the weight maybe made it a little bit better in the end just uh, uh having to confirm that it was a goal the, the hand of what more uh helping bore equalizing the hand of Dunk. Um, but let's let's try about Dunk and Watmore then, because we've had quite a lot of questions about him. He we've spoke about him in the last few podcasts as well. Um, Jez and Elfie said, "How good was he uh, yesterday?" Tom, it was a, it was definitely a sub that changed the game, wasn't it? Super sub, yeah. Um, had a, a great impact on the on the second half, and you know what? I, I think he came on with a point to prove um, after after losing his place in the team when you know Connolly and uh, Balogun have, have come in. Um, you know that's not, that's not to say that you know Balogun did badly or anything in the first half because I thought he was okay. He just didn't have too much chance to do anything. I didn't think anyone did, but. You know, what more came on and he instantly, you know, was all over the place, you know, sprinting, chasing down balls, pressing, and and then to to obviously play the play the part in the goal as well. I think he's he's definitely playing, you know, with with an eye on getting back into that starting eleven and and getting that space back uh, back with Sprar up top. Yeah. Dana, what's your thoughts on him then? Because Tom was saying there around um, getting his his having a point to prove. Could do you agree with that? But then also what impact do you think he has on this side? Yeah, he definitely had a point to prove. I mean, in, in two ways, really, because obviously the the fact that he was released by Man United, maybe subconsciously, there was a little part of him that kind of wanted to maybe show them, like, you shouldn't have done that. But then, obviously, yeah, coming back into the team after being dropped, he is probably the most important or one of the most important parts of this side, I think. He might not be the best player of this team, but he's certainly one of the most valuable because you see it, you saw it as soon as he came on. He makes such good runs in terms of pressing that he just harasses defenders and it causes them problems. It makes them uncomfortable. And I agree with what Tom said. I don't think Valigan was was bad. I actually thought that in the touches that he did have, he looked like he wanted to get it going. It just nothing was sticking for either Balogun or Spira really. And then when Watmore came on, he made things happen, and he was just he was so pivotal to that. Uh, well, the turnaround really, the equaliser, and also the turnaround in terms of Bora trying to get a, a leg up in the game. He was brilliant when he came on, and yeah, the the great old hand of Dunk, brilliant. And yeah, Man United fans are, are annoyed about it, but. Try telling that to those those Borough fans, the almost ten thousand that that shouldn't have been allowed, not having and, it. And to be fair, they should have they shouldn't have really got through in the last round against Aston Villa because their goal was controversial and got away with it through VAR. So, mm. I mean, swings and roundabouts in it, swings and roundabouts. But in terms of Duncan Watmore, would you like to? Would you just both like to see him in the starting eleven for the next game? Tom, do you want to answer that first? I, I think there's a case that he deserves it. Um, like we just said, it, it wasn't that Balogun was was bad or anything. He, he like Dan said, he, he was trying to get things going. Nothing was really sticking, so I wouldn't be surprised if if he kind of kept that place. Um, but also the impact that Watmore had, like he's he's got to be in consideration for uh, for you know starting starting spot next game. Dan. 
Yeah, I think what's often forgot about Watmore is that he's had such a brutal injury history. I mean, what is it? Does he have two ACLs or an ACL? I mean, even one ACL is bad. Um, he's he's been absolutely ravaged by injuries, so he has to look after his his body essentially. And Dom mentioned it on the transfer pod that Watmore said that this is this was probably the first time that he's had a preseason in in a while. So. We have to manage him well. And I think maybe, maybe that could have been why he was taken out of the team. But for me, I would still start Balogun because I think it might be a little bit harsh to bring him into the team and then drop him again. It would be nice to see Balogun in a league game. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a case for, for what more playing. Maybe you play what more with Balogun. We never know. That could be a case. I certainly don't think Spira is undroppable, but he did play a really big part in that equaliser by getting Borough out really of that I mean he was pretty much trapped um, and he did really well to get that ball off to John so there, there could be a case for for Balogun and Watmore but he's definitely in contention I think he has to be after that uh, performance It's nice to have options Dawn and happy anniversary <laughs> for that saying um, it's <laughs> It's a it's an interesting one because you know Balogun. I think quality wise, he is a fantastic, fantastic football, and you can really see the quality that he has. Um, but I just didn't feel like it was his game. I think what when what more did come on, it was kind of his game because we needed to t- need to stop the centre backs of Manchester United getting on the ball and trying to dictate the player. Really, and I think we really did that um when, when Duncan came on so it'd be interesting to see what we do there is the, obviously the scope to maybe play Balogun and Watmore but then again Spiraz being in good form this season as well so it's just nice to have that competition for places um because it'll only bring the best out of the, the players that want to come in the squad um but let's chat about the penalties then because oh god it's just chaos absolute chaos um Middlesbrough had excellent penalties all eight of them were superb um, but who gets a pick of the bunch and how are you feeling uh, throughout the penalty shootout? Uh, go on, Tom, go first. Yeah, I mean, for the penalty shootout, my my heart rate actually peaked at 130 beats per minute. I was checking the, uh, <laughs> my Fitbit like, during it, wow. going, how, how stressed am I here? Like, I mean, I, I did kind of have the feeling that, you know, whatever happens, happens, it's penalties, and we've done well to kind of get it this far, but also really wanted to see us uh, beat them there. And but the thing is, every time one of our players went up, I was confident that we were going to score it, um, and I wasn't feeling that same way uh, about United. I, you know, I was confident that like Ronaldo would probably score his after missing a penalty earlier in the match. I thought Fernandez would, but then there were other players coming up. But like, I, I thought McTominay was going to miss. I thought Matt was going to miss, and I, I just I don't know. There was there was a feeling I had during that penalty shootout where. I just thought we're going to do it here because uh, I can't see any of our players missing, and um, there's too many kind of good penalties just to to kind of pick one. Really, um, having having watched them all again, oh, on on another note, my um, mate had said last week if this goes to penalties, Henderson's going to be absolutely key for it, and I thought he was rubbish in the penalty shootout. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, penalty is penalty. Looking back on it, I'm like, it, it still makes me nervous, even though I know he scored just because of it going into the roof of the net like it did. But like Fry, Bamba, and Tav's penalties, all all quality as well. I think everyone's was, but uh, yeah, some some definitely quality quality penalties uh, in that bunch. Yeah, they they really were. Dana, talk to me, talk me through it. How were you feeling? Who gets your pick of the bunch? 
at one point I thought that we were having a rerun of the <clears throat> Liverpool Middlesbrough penalty shootout where it was just going to keep going and keep going and it would never end. And there were really good penalties in fairness from Borough. Apparently we didn't actually practice them more than than usual. Um, it was just mm. kind of standard penalty practice, really. Chris Wilder said after the game. So the fact that 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 was, you know, the, obviously our kind of pre-match build-up and, and prep for it, and we pulled out those penalties was just brilliant. I think I agree with Tom uh, Bamba. When Bamba when Bamba stepped up, um, honestly, fingers laced together on my head, turned around to my dad, and I went, oh. I was like, <laughs> you were doing the warning. I was doing the warning, yeah, <laughs> yeah, doing the warning, and I honestly I was nervous because there's something. <laughs> There's something about centre-half stepping up to take penalties that just makes me really nervous. And, I mean, to be fair, he just... It was almost like he nonchalantly just drilled it into the corner. And, (laughs) to be fair, when Tav stepped up as well, I crapped myself because I was like, oh, no. But his penalty was brilliant. Love it when it goes at the top corner. And, yeah, Peltier as well. He was loving it, wasn't he, after after, after he scored, obviously being a Liverpoolian. Toxic born. Um, I think that that was pretty sweet for him. But yeah, I was shitting myself. Um, but then I suppose with every penalty that we took, I was getting a little bit more confident and I trusted them a lot more. And I mean, unbelievable. Just just unbelievable. For that to happen again, I mean, twice in a row from cup games at Old Trafford. Yeah, it's just unbelievable, really. Yeah, it really, it really, really was. Um, like the penalties for me, though, I think they're... Yeah, I was both similarly. I was bagging nerves, didn't want to speak to anyone. I was like, just I just need, I just need to watch this and just in, in just in belief that we'll probably do it. But when I was seeing the likes of Peltier and Bamba come, I was like, what are you two doing? Like, we total age of like seventy something between years. Like, what are you doing? Um, but to be fair, two cracking penalties. Still, Fries was superb. Tabs was really, really good. Piero got lucky, but it still got in, got mm. in. I um, thought that had been missed. I thought, because obviously it went under Dean Henderson. Really bad moment for him, to be honest, uh, for Henderson. But, I mean, who cares? I thought that uh, I thought that was missed, to be honest. It was yeah. always going to be one of those penalty shootouts where someone was going to miss. Yeah, or, or someone or had to miss like, rather than yeah, saved. Or, or come close to, to missing. And, yeah, it was just like, <laughs> disbelief. I can't believe that we actually won, but it's just the... The, the jubilation of it all it, oh, it was fantastic. It really was. It's 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 good to see like the players will have the absolute bottle and the confidence to just display and, and get a penalty away like that. Really, really good. It shows us the character that this 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 squad has. And let's move on to like your standout players and moving the the praise and place this week because the whole squad could probably get the praise in place. But um, before we get your picks, I just want to find out who was your standout performer uh, at Manchester United on Friday night, Dana? Anthony Alanga. Anthony Alanga is your standout <laughs> performer. I'm, I'm enjoying uh, it too much. <laughs> no, no. Um, Dale Fry, I think, was immense in that, well, pretty much the whole game, but particularly from the second half onwards. I mean, he was getting his head on everything. He was clearing everything. Mm. He was reading the game really well. He pretty much pocketed Ronaldo. He was obviously relishing the opportunity to come up against him. And he did so well. Uh, he did really, really, really well against him. He was marshalling that back line excellently. And he just was a man mountain, really. He was a complete brick wall. And I think Fry was fantastic. But 
the, the the midfields. I mean, mentioned to Tav as well. Tav made a really really good interception and a really vital interception at the end, um, which I think has gone maybe a little bit unnoticed. So uh, Tav fried. The, you know what? The whole team, even Lumley was. Lumley had an interesting game. He but gave me like he... so many heart attacks in that game. Honestly, <laughs> got yeah. I, I, I felt like I had to get like a cardiac machine next to me just in case I need to like close my heart a couple of times. Honestly, he he had such a weird game though because he did make some good like sweeper again. Being sweeper, he, he did well to to kind of blast the ball well away from danger when he was rushing out from his line and then he made some good saves but then he made some he dropped some clangers as well I just feel like that is Lumley isn't it I just feel like he's kind of in meme territory but yeah Mm. I mean (laughs) uh, the whole team the whole team but I think uh, Fry in particular Fry and and, oh my god Housen forgot about Housen Housen was was unbelievable in the middle of the pitch. He was so, so good. So, yeah, the, the whole team, but Fry and, and Housen and Tav for me. And I feel like Anthony Dykesil could have played with a cigar in his mouth because of how <laughs> composed he is. Like, he is literally, he's so safe on the ball. Like I actually disagree with that from that game. Really? Is, yeah, I think sometimes in, in possession of the ball against Man United, there are a few times where he did lose it. Um, it maybe got a little bit kind of stuck, but... Um, I mean, it's it's rare. It's rare for, for Dyke still to be like that. I did die a little bit when he gave away that penalty, but who cares? Yeah. It got he, he, sli- he slipped. It's just, it's one of those things, you know, yeah. he slips and he gave the penalty away, but I still hold the the opinion and he could play with a cigar in his mouth. Cause he, <laughs> yeah, you know, no, I, he's I, just, I do agree with that, yeah. Just, just so chilled, just so chilled, like a house. Um, but Tom, talk me through it. I mean, very similar, very similar to what Dana said, and that the whole team deserves it this week. Um, but mine was between Fry and House, and you know, I, I said I text you in the second half with the the one bit of signal that I got saying I can't I can't decide if it's if it's Fry or House, and who's man of the match for me? Here. Fry, the the lads around me every time. He made an interception or got his head on something. They were like, oh, he's going to have a hell of a headache tomorrow. He's edited everything. He's edited everything. I was like, that, that's the one standout phrase I remember from that match. Is, uh, <laughs> is, you is should have known mine. Mine was, your da sells Avon and your nan cheats at bingo. <laughs> no word of a lie. That's all I remember someone around me saying. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 that's brilliant that one that's super but praise and place this could be anyone so this could be the squad an opposition player uh, a fan member so a fan a fan could get uh, the praise and place for maybe saying you'd ask Elzevon if you want to go down that route what, who's who's in your praise and praise and place this week who's going to go Fozzy oh um, I, I, I don't know I to be honest, I just say the whole team again. Um, okay, team gets it. Oh, the whole yeah. team, the whole the whole team, but not just the players. I think the staff as well, because obviously fitness was a big, big part of that game. I think <clears throat> the players were goosed by about seventy minutes. To be honest, because you know the work that they were putting in, and the fitness team played a part in that. Frankie Hunter and Matt Prestridge, Alan Neil, Chris Wilder. Oh, everyone, everyone behind the scenes, the whole, the whole football club is in the bloody brazen place after that. Okay, uh, Tom, you can, you can yeah. for anyone? Uh, absolutely the same, and I'll also add in the fan who kept jumping down the stairs and doing Ronaldo's celebration every time he missed. 
<laughs> oh, t- shithouse island. The Borough fans have got to get on shithouse island for that. They did it every time he did something bad, which, to be fair, it was brilliant. Was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'll come. I'll come to shithouse island very soon. So just don't you worry. I've got. I've got a couple of things to to get through first before we go to that. Um, but praise and place. I'm gonna go Johnny Housen. Super performance. Top. Just top top class. Uh under the previous manager he looks finished um, and then under Chris Wilder he looks fantastic and it's just brilliant to see him and a really captain, a really good captain's performance um, and lovely shithousery um, by celebrating at the Stratford end as well um, but we'll come to that in a second but let's look ahead to Wednesday now um, where Borough face promotion rivals QBR at the King and Prince Foundation Stadium to get some insight on the high flying hours, we spoke to OJ from Up the QPR podcast to get a little bit of insight on Wednesday's game. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's been a fantastic season for QPR so far. It's it's crazy to think that we are where we are considering this time last year we were looking like getting relegated at one point. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think transfer-wise, we've done some incredible business we brought in likes of Stefan Johansson, Sam Field, Charlie Austin, all these players that made the difference in uh, January last year that took us from a relegation threatened side to a side that could really almost snuck into playoffs, really. And to see us actually go in and invest in that kind of money to get in the players that made a difference last season is excellent. A few new additions as well. Jimmy Dunn, who's been arguably our best player, Bar Willock, this season. 
I think he's really solidified the defence and it's massively exciting to see us have this team that has got quality over the pitch. I think January we could have done more. Um, you know, we brought in David Marshall, who, in all fairness, has been fantastic. Got a young lad from Wolves, Dion Sanderson, who we haven't seen much of yet, but you know he's an exciting young player. Birmingham fans massively rated him. So, yeah, it's 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 been a fantastic season so far. But I feel maybe we could have brought a striker in um, because our strikers aren't particularly informed. We had Lindy Dyke score two last week, but. That was his first goal in 10 games. So, yeah, I think January was a bit of a poor one for us. You see the likes of Borough making good signings, Bournemouth making every sign they ever have. Um, so, yeah, I think undoubtedly the best transfer window we had in a very long time in the summer, but potentially one of the worst we've had um, this January. But at the end of the day, we kept our players. We kept Willock, Chair, Dieng, Dicky, Dunn, all these players that, you know, we were concerned that might, leave but no we're very happy with with how it's gone um current form i mean you know you can't really complain obviously we were unlucky to lose to peterborough yesterday in the cup but irrelevant when you're going for going for promotion but yeah unbeaten unbeaten in uh in 2022 which is fantastic you compare it to last season it's almost a miracle you know massive win against reading last week which really gave us a big boost of confidence and and, and morale and that's exactly what we needed got a point out of swansea which you know swansea are a good team obviously beat blackburn so we've done well to get a point out of them. Beat Coventry as well. Beat West Brom. You know, we're starting to pick up results against teams that, you know, previous season we would have struggled against. So very, very happy with that. And I think as long as that continues, we've got a really, really good chance of getting into the top two. You know, it's it's a big, it's a big talking point whether anyone can catch up with Bournemouth and 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 Fulham. Despite the fact that Bournemouth are in third, they are still the favourites to to finish second because of that window they've had. Um, but yeah, no, very happy with the current form. We've really excelled ourselves this season, and you know we might not be playing incredibly well, but we are doing massively, massively better than we than we get credit for because we know now to grind out wins, and grinding out wins is is a, is a skill. A lot of people call it luck. It's a skill knowing to grind out a win. You know, there's been situations where we've had about 40 percent possession max, no shots, and we sneak it one nil, and you know that's a, a massively bit of a bit of a Warburton style. We have situations where we do get dominated, and then late on we we um, we go ahead and, and get the win. So I don't mind how we do it as long as we keep winning. And you know the key players this season, Chris Willock has to be the main one there. I think you know for the fact that we got him for 750k is arguably the best bit of business in the championship this season. In the past few seasons as well, um, you know he's got he's got a lot of a lot a lot of value now. Um, to see where he was, you know, not struggling to get into Benfica team, bought him for 750k. It's been it's been amazing, and to see where he is now and the amount of goals he's scored and assists, it's 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 impeccable. I think you've got to look at him and see him as arguably the best winger in the championship at the moment. And there's going to be a lot of people that question that, but you know, he's I mean, he's next level, isn't he? He just doesn't seem to do anything wrong. You know, six goals, nine assists this season. It's it's almost at the Eze level, and I think it would be rude to say that he hasn't overtook Eze at the moment because he has been unbelievable. And then, yeah, Dicky, Dunn, Barbe, all players that have done been insane for us. So, yeah, key players to look out for definitely Chris Willock and Ilias Chair, and um, defensively Jimmy Dunn, Rob Dicky, David Marshall in goal, Adoma. You know, there's so much, and it's the first time we've been able to say it for a while. 
on to Borough prediction. I think it's going to be a very tough game. Both sides are on incredible form. Borough unbeaten since November in, in the Championship. Was it just lost one since November? Sorry. Um, that was against Blackburn. For me, both sides have got, you know, the, the momentum on the side. Obviously, you guys beat United. We smashed Reading. So, I'm going to go for a one-all draw. I think I'll be happy with one-all draw as well. So, ultimately, you know, as long as we get a point out of it, I'm happy. And uh, I think most of our fans would be too. that Audrey um, so 1-1 one, one draw uh, prediction from our QPR fan um, but guys how are we feeling about this week because in August they beat us 3-2 with 10 men as well um, but Tom what's how are you feeling about it do you think Millsborough could have a point to prove yeah I think it's going to be a very different game to uh, to August as well I think you look back at that one it's one we arguably should have won and we probably shot ourselves in the foot with um, this one, you know, they're on incredible form and you know deserve to be where they are in the championship, and and we're obviously picking up form as well. I think the team should be feeling unbeatable after after beating United on Friday, um, but it's the question of how much did kind of extra time take out of everyone. Um, I never like we never like watching us play QPR. Uh, I don't know. There's just something something about that stadium. With it all being kind of like so enclosed and 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 stuff, it just it, it seems I, I don't know. It, it's just got a feeling around it that it, it's not going to go well, even though I have seen us do well there on on TV and stuff. So I think it's going to be really really tough game on uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, the stadium's like playing five side of goals in it. It's like that's like that's how it feels when when you watch them. Um, but Dana, how are you feeling about midweek and what should we do to exploit QPR? I haven't really thought about QPR to be honest. I'm still processing the United game, but I mean, it's as as Tom said, it's going to be a really difficult game. This is big for Borough because obviously a direct promotion rival. They're probably one of those teams that are, that will have a keen interest in the top two or certainly that second place because I think Fulham have probably won the championship now. Um, I kind of agree with what Tom said there about extra time could that have taken a lot out of the players we already know the energy that has been really left on that pitch from Chris Wilder's tenure so far but I do trust that the the, the team have it intact really and that they will um kind of prevail even through <clears throat> excuse me even through extra time but I'm really I'm really um, intrigued and excited about this game because I think it'll really show where Borough are to come up against a direct promotion rival and if we triumph it would be brilliant I do kind of agree with OJ that I would I would be happy with a draw so predictions then one what are you thinking draw Dana nil nil one nil five five I think <laughs> um I think I think one one yeah I can't see us conceding actually two two is not out of the question you know what? I'm just gonna say two two we'll go Desmond <laughs> two two Desmonds and uh, Tom, what are you feeling? I'm um, I'm gonna go one one as uh, as as well as uh, OJ. I think, like I say, it's gonna be a tough game. Uh, I I can see us still being solid at the back, but you know, so are they. And I I think they're you know they're a good team. I I like the way Mark Wobb and kind of sets up his teams. Um, and I think it's it's just gonna make it very tough on on Wednesday. Okay, I'm going to go with 1-0 win. I think we will shit house, house our way uh, to a victory, and I feel like it'll be a massive win as well. If we can beat QPR on their own patch, try and stop us from there, I think. I think it's try and stop us. I think it's a massive, massive uh, game for Borough. 
and we really need to to try and get a result here if we want to try and get promoted this season, especially against a rival. Um, but let's move to questions then, because you've both just alluded to to this one, um, and it's from Charlie, and he says, uh, "How would you feel about yesterday? Uh, how would you feel yesterday's game will affect um, Wednesday night against QPR? Do you think the players can stay focused and make sure they don't make the same mistakes they did at Ewood Park?" Tom, what do you think? I don't think uh, they, they won't be focused. I think, like I said, they, they should be feeling un, unbeatable after after Friday. And I think Wilder's good enough to kind of, you know, keep keep the feet on the ground with it. And, and you know, keep them grounded. Hopefully, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't, you know, a, a complete performance from us on, on Friday by by any stretch of the imagination. It's... it's uh, I don't want to say we were lucky because we worked hard for, for for what we got, but you know it, it's not a not a game that we're going to get in the championship. Uh, you know, no one in the championships at, at that level. Um, so, yeah, I, I I think the only only thing is Wilder's going to have to keep them grounded. But I, I, like I said, I, I think motivation should be high enough to to think right. We, we did the basics well on on Friday. Let's carry on on doing that. Okay. Um, next is next question is from Josh, and it's for you, Dan. It says Piero was quietly very decent when he came on. He did have the most dribbles um, when, when he did come on. He did come on with twelve minutes to go from from normal time. Um, he said it looked quite composed on the ball and going forward. Is it is off the ball which needs to be <coughs> which which he needs to work on more? Yeah, probably. I mean, it was always going to be difficult for Piero coming on at the time that he did because Borough were even more so under the cosh than ever really trying to see out the remainder of the game but I, I agree I thought on the ball he was composed and there was some good t- touches he received the ball and he, he took a really good touch that kept it obviously in his control and then he tried to dribble I think he kind of got a little bit closed out and shut out by many, two Man United players but he did look good he looked fearless as well which I think is a big big attribute of, of this Chris Wilder side they just are so confident really and Piero was that I mean for him to come up and take was it the second penalty or it was, yeah the second yeah. penalty I think shows his minerals as Jonathan Woodgate would say and yeah, probably off the ball work he needs work, but that will come with time. I, I'm sure of it. I mean, he's aggressive. He's he's got the aggression in his game. You know, obviously being a South American, a lot of people might kind of tar him with the brush of being soft, but he definitely isn't. Uh, you saw he, he got stuck in on the on the near side uh, to where the Borough fans were. He tried to kind of uh, Man United players were grappling him, and he was grappling them back. So he's got aggression in his game. It's just about maybe the. The, the cleverness of when he needs to go, when he needs to stay, that sort of um, technicalities mm. of, of the tactics. Yeah, which he can work on probably over like the next coming months and so. But it's definitely clear that he is a quality, quality footballer. Um, next question is from Ted, and he says, "Is it time to get excited?" I think probably after like the last fifty minutes, yeah, it is definitely time to get excited. A hundred percent. We got excited then, ages ago. Yeah, we got excited. Yeah, as soon as Wild came in, we were like, "Thank God, Wild yeah. has gone." Um, but <laughs> um, the last question—it's <clears throat> uh, an interesting one, Dana, isn't it? It's a very interesting question. This one because Olivia says, "Can we make a chant solely for Matt Crooks?" Um, thinks he deserves something more than just Matty Matty Crooks. Is there something in mind? I don't know, Johnny. Is there? Could be. I, I don't know. Is is there is there a chant in mind at all? Hey, hey. 
his macro contains just can't handle him, is it? He's not crooks. He's six foot three and we call him a tree. Hey, hey, hey. Crazy little thing called Anyway, shout out silent. Now, um, we had a lot of nominations. <laughs> we had a lot of nominations this week. Um, the return of Shithouse Island it is uh, a, a, a become quite a nice thing for us on this podcast because we get a lot of, lot of nominations. Um, we have three to discuss this week. Um, so, Johnny Housen, Lee Peltier and the Bora fans. Um, so, <laughs> Johnny Housen, um, celebrating at the Stratford end after his penalty. Tom, is does that guarantee Johnny Housen a place on the island? I think so, yeah. <clears throat> Just celebrating in front of one of like the, the most famous stands in, in English football like that <laughs> after putting your penalty away, yeah, definitely. Lovely Sean Dyche impression there as well. Um <laughs> Stop, because I was laughing at that too. <laughs> oh, that's that night out in red car coming back on. <laughs> You've been sharing cigars with Anthony Dykesdale, is that what it is? Just eating gravel, mate. <laughs> Incredible. Um, the next one is for Lee Peltier. Um, while it was from Tom Muldowney that sent this in, and he says, while he's not on uh, Borough Breakdown Island material just yet, Lee Peltier should house his way through extra time like an expert. Uh, does he get, since it might not be shithousery to the fullest extent, do you mm. think, Danny, do you think he deserves a, a one week holiday on Shithouse Island? Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially for Nian Bruno Fernandez in the back. I think for that alone, I think it was, uh, it was a shit house move. I mean, I don't know whether he meant it. I'm assuming he didn't, but you never know. Um, but yeah, one week, a one week trial. We might give him an appreciation tweet for that Nian in the back moment. He's mm, got potential, okay. though, as Lee Peltier. And then finally, the fans. So <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo missed his penalty. A lot of chanting. Uh, a lot of <laughs> it's scary, is it? But uh, a lot of his trademark celebration was being shouted by uh, the, the Borough fans. Um, do they deserve a place on the island? Both up for discussion in this one. What do you think? Yeah, like, shadow of doubt. Yeah, without well, a shadow of a doubt, we're going to have so, to but... add it to the to the graphic, man. I don't know how we're going to quite do that. So just have it in, in the background, the the stands. Well, let's have a look at the the island then, because we are current. This is the current uh, image. We've got Willow Flow with a pint there. We've got some Borough fans with the badge. You know, we will see Johnny House. Johnny House has appeared in there, and then also you've got Lee Peltier on on just a week's trial. Uh, so, I hope he brings some sunscreen for that. Um, but that island's starting to fill up quite nicely, isn't it? Now we're going to have to at the end of the season, we're going to be voting one of them off week by week and see how it goes, but. I tell you what, it's gonna, we're gonna have to find like the king or queen of shithousery at one point because it's it's getting quite full at Ireland. Um, but guys, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much uh, for joining me as always, and thank you very much uh, for the listener as well for for joining us. It's been a, a very nice podcast to record this one with Bora uh, winning at Manchester United, and Dana's got a lovely, lovely hat on there. That's like something you see at Wembley Way. That one. I can't even lovely. get it on my head. Uh, that's brilliant well anyway that's it uh borough avoid a banana skin and beat manchester minnows at old trafford at the theater of dreams theater of dreams all right mate 
this is the Boy Breakdown podcast, and that was all your boy match day chatter in a pod. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.